welcome to the show. Uh, hello, Mr. David Masters, a legend. Hello, Brett. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm good. I was just enjoying the music. Oh, yeah. Uh, a few banging what? tunes there. But Mark Butcher, all style cancel. <laughs> <laughs> David Masters, 672 wickets over a 16-year career. Once took 93 wickets in a single season. Best figures, 8 for 11 against Leicestershire at South End. My God, what a day that was. Um, metronomic, he has been described as. Um, Hoddy, just an incredible, incredible time. And uh, a lot of people have you in very, very special regard at, at Essex for your time there. Tell us a bit about, uh, you know, your memories of, uh, of playing at the county ground. Oh, well, it was, it, was, it was probably where I started to perform as a cricketer, like, regularly, I suppose. So, um, I, I just remember a couple of my first chats with Paul Grayson and Mark Bettini was the captain then. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to, to come across from Leicester. I, they asked me what, 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 what they wanted from um, what they wanted from them and what they expected of me. And I just said, like, obviously, I just want to come and enjoy my cricket um, and 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 do, do as best as I possibly can for the club. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that, well, the first year, was it was a great year for us. We, we won the, the Friends Providence. Oh, yeah. The over Lord's. at Lord's yeah. against Kent. Um, so that, that, was a, that was a nice start. You must have upset a few mates that day. Yeah, I did, I think. I did. I think I got keys out um, uh, early on that day. And, uh, yeah, he said he didn't hit it, which made it even better, I think. <laughs> he must still tell you he didn't hit it to this day. Oh, he does, he does. But that, that's even better, the fact that I got him out and he wasn't. That was even better. <laughs> so, for kids listening, and for aspiring cricketers, and even for old has-beens like me and Brett, you're... You were, your accuracy was absolutely legendary. Uh, we were talking a minute ago about it was it was Fozzie's fortieth birthday yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, and Essex have put on their um, Facebook that uh, they put a montage of Fozzie's greatest catches, and someone wearing the Essex number nine shirt featured quite a lot. And um, when I've talked to Fozzie in the past about you know keeping wicket, he would always say that keeping against you was always his greatest pleasure because you were so accurate you were so consistent what is, what was your secret why could you do that so regularly where others seem to find it difficult I think I actually just enjoyed bowling yeah and I know that sounds quite strange but if you ask a lot of bowlers they they, they bowl because they have to bowl but I actually I think I actually enjoyed bowling so I, as, as a kid I'd bowl so many overs in the nets there was no restrictions then yeah, there's no restrictions on how many overs you bowled in nets and things like that. So, I suppose by the time I got to the stage of of um, playing with better players, playing uh, county cricket, um, all my basics was there mm-hmm. because I'd done so much. So, all, all I had to worry about then was actually what can I do with the ball? What skills can I learn? Mm. Because I had my line and length, as people would say. Um, I'd, I'd bowled so many overs that that was just natural. That just come naturally, just to bowl that error. I could have done that with my eyes closed. <laughs> so it just gives me that, I suppose, that little bit of an edge um, to be able to go off and train and, 
and when I was working on things, I didn't have to work on line length. I could work on on the skill. So, um, which obviously takes years and years of practice. But the 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 quicker you can learn that, the, the better you're going to be for that. So practice is the key to it. I I think so. Me personally. Yeah. Uh, it's like anything they say if you do it so many times you will become good at it and you will you will be able to do it with your eyes closed um so i i'd say that i just done so much of it i, I bowled and bowled and bowled and bowled which obviously give me that inner strength to to be able to bowl long spells and lots of overs as well did your inner strength also come from what what you was doing over the winters <laughs> yeah, probably that that helped. Obviously, obviously the building site, um, the the hard winters, um, they 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 could be hard work sometimes. And actually running to bowl in the sunshine, even even from even the river end, April, <laughs> nothing compared to to being outside. I suppose um, on the building site, knocking up twenty ton of, <laughs> of um, concrete. So. That's where the nickname Hoddy came from, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Well, it, it was originally, actually, my father's nickname. Ah. So it was actually my father's nickname. He's, he's also called Hod. When he played for Kent, that was his nickname because he was a Hod carrier. Right. Okay. Oh. Um, I left school um, and my first few jobs was obviously... I'd done quite a bit of Hod carrying mm. early on, but um, it wasn't... It was, <laughs> wasn't too much fun to be honest it wasn't <laughs> were you ever tempted to uh drift off to sunnier climbs in the winter to go and play a bit of cricket um I, down under I, I did do a couple of times right i went to australia twice mm -hmm. early on um and then after after i think after i'd done it for the first couple of years i, I think when i started playing uh county cricket first team cricket regularly um, I bowled so many overs that going away in the winter was just, it just wasn't worth it. It yeah. was just, it, it, I'd just done so much that that three months of rest, like until Christmas, yeah. it's just what I needed. Yeah. It kept, kept me hungry, kept me fresh, kept me wanting to get back to play cricket. So yeah. even towards the end of my career, it was a bit of a fight with obviously the powers above uh, Essex and uh, even Leicester when I was at Leicester um, to come back earlier to come back in November December time but um, I kind of I, I, was, I was lucky that um, people allowed me to do my thing yeah. and go back to work well you know your body better than anyone else so you know there's no point yeah, yeah I, I was a little bit unique I, it was a bit unique for me as well because I was going back doing um, manual labour work so strength and conditioning for me was was doing the manual labouring work so um, as I said I didn't really have any injuries to my last couple of years of playing cricket yeah um, so so that that was that was really good so obviously something worked there um, but but nowadays that just doesn't happen and the younger lads so I was in I, I kind of started off um, with the older generation, yeah, and I've done kind of two generations of types of cricketer. Mm -hmm. So one was the, the going out and enjoying and, <laughs> and boozing and and that kind of generation. Where can't, can't remember you ever doing that at Essex. But no, no, no. That, <laughs> that was in my early days at Kent, I suppose. 
Um, uh, but by the time I got to Essex, I, I think that culture, it, it changed. It started yeah. to change, even, even though we was a very sociable side as well. Essex. Oh, yeah. So we, but that was... Uh, but it wasn't as it wasn't as regular as what it was in my earlier days. We, we had a, it was only four nights a week at so Essex instead of seven. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was probably four, five or six nights a week early on, and and at Essex probably two or three. So. <laughs> We had we had uh, Aaron Beard on um, a few weeks ago before the lockdown happened, and uh, pre-season was underway at Essex, and he was telling us yeah. about these beep tests and yeah. uh, all the stuff they do. Was was that had that come in from those days you're talking about, or is it a more recent thing? No, that's been around for quite a while, I suppose. The bleep test, mm-hmm. or the beep test, should I say? Yeah, um, yeah. Like I suppose the first real. Was at Kent, I suppose. Um, Paul Nixon. Oh yeah. Turned up. Well, I think we'd had it for about a year or two before he got there, um, and he turned up, and he was meant to be this. Well, he was. He was this fitness fanatic. Um, uh, had loads of different powders and things like this for stimulant and God. to make him faster and better and all legal, obviously. But, yeah. Um, one of them was called Rocket Fuel, I think, and uh, <laughs> we served that drink before we done the bleep test. And, and I think that, yeah, there was a little bit of money went on on who would get the furthest, because obviously I was I was actually uh, quite, quite a good runner. Yeah. And, um, and I, I used to get like 14 and a half on the bleep and things like that. And, and they said, oh, Nico's got up to 15 and a half. Mm. And th- th- there was a few bets going around and... I think oh, we got to oh, we got to fifteen eight I think and um, and oh, I was really struggling and, <laughs> and Nico uh, or Nixon that is um, started running backwards, <laughs> <laughs> which sent me over the edge and I just pulled out. So uh, yeah, Beardy was telling us that um, it's 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 still quite a big thing at Essex and he came second oh. this year and um, Cookie was the one who's uh, ruling the Cookie. roost. Cookie's ridiculously good at it as well. Mm. Was he back in those days too? Yeah, well, I suppose when I, when I, I, it didn't really float my boat, I don't think, the bleep test. As as much as I was a good runner, I I didn't enjoy running. I've never enjoyed running. I've never enjoyed um, running unless I'm running after a ball or running with a ball or something like that. So um, running for the sake of running wasn't really my pleasure at all, even though I was quite good at it naturally. Um, I always done pretty well at the bleep test, even at Essex when I was 35, 36. I always used to get over 13 and a half. Hmm. So um, I was always a reasonably good runner, which helped. Um, yeah. Someone with little legs and uh, people like Mark Patini who used to used to like kill themselves doing fitness and everything like that used to used to say to me that oh, I wish I could run like you could run. It makes <laughs> it a lot easier. <laughs> Covering your time at Essex, so you kind of bridge a period of a lot of transition and a lot of comings and goings at the club. Tell us about some of the players that sort of stick out in your mind. Not necessarily if they were the greatest or whatever else, but you know they were for whatever reason memorable to you. Um, obviously, obviously, you planned lots of different captains and lots of different coaches and and you play with lots of high talented players and you play with some 
some um, not so good players, but very gritty and 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 good team players. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, obviously, Mark Patini stuck in my head as yeah. as, as as an excellent captain. Um, a bit ability wise, he didn't have as much ability as a lots of players, but as a leader and as as a person who looked after his players, um, there wasn't many better. Yeah. Um, who I played with, um, and then obviously probably one of the best captains in a different way though was Ryan Tenderscarter. Yeah, um, excellent captain, um, very level-headed, very intelligent man, good friend of mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll enjoy me saying <laughs> that. But, um, but but no, he 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 was he was a cool, calm, collective. Um, and 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 when it was when it was hard and things were getting tough, he was he was uh, a very very good very good man very good team person, um, led from the front. Um, so he he was a big player for me. I think one of the most talented was what I've ever played with was Ravi Bopara. Such a talent, um, probably under underachieved. I think for him. Yeah, and I think he did, he'd he'd admit that himself. I think and. Uh... I think the penny sort of just dropped in the more recent years that um, mm. he needs to make the most of himself. Yeah, but as a, so, so talented, highly talented. Um, lots of lots of good kids coming through. Um, so happy Jamie Porter done really well. I was just going to I was going to ask about that because one of our listeners, um, Dan Hooper, um, messaged yeah. us and he said, um, "Ask Coddy." He said, "Did you ever expect Porter to be able to take on?" your role as leader of the bowling attack and to do it as well as he's done it? Yeah, I did expect it. Um, and, I, and I suppose when he come along, I used to always say to everyone, I used to say, oh, I can't wait for him to be ready, then I can retire then. <laughs> and, and I used to say it to everyone, and, and he, he's, he's got that desire. Mm-hmm. He's got that oomph. He's, he's got that um, that way about him that I just... I just knew that he was he was going to be what he is and and how he's going to keep on doing that oh um, yeah he's, he's yeah he's, he's been brilliant hasn't he I, I, like even when i was playing with him um the last oh, i suppose two or three years he, he was he was getting better and better um always wanted to learn um we spoke loads even when I finished we spoke quite a lot he'd ring me up and say oh I've had a disappointing day today I've not and uh, just always we banged on about basics and going back to what you know and bits and pieces like that so he's he's he's, he's done brilliantly and uh, so happy for him I think you've got a, a legacy amongst the current crop um, as being a real mentor to the younger guys when you were when you were at the club I think you know Ports would, would say that. I think to, I know Tom Wesley said the same sort of thing as well. Um, that you did spend time with the youngsters uh, back in those days. I was yeah. It's quite strange really because all the senior guys when I was growing up wouldn't give you the time or day really. Yeah. Um, they kind of at the end of the day it was their job, it was their livelihood, um, and and they looked after themselves a little bit. Mm. Not all of them, but, but most of them, and and I always said to myself that um, I would never do that. And when my time was right, I would I would retire on my own terms. Um, and 
I, I suppose I I never I never feared anyone else taking my spot. I, I was wasn't worried about things like that. I wasn't that never entered my mind. I always had great belief in my own ability. Um, and even towards the end of, of me playing, I, I still knew that I could do it, and I still I still did do it. So it was kind of. But I, I didn't want to go start going the other way, and that that was probably my biggest thing about um, retiring. Really, that I didn't want to start going on the downslope. I wanted to, I wanted to finish at the at the peak, or, or not at the peak, but still up there and still being able to do it. Maybe my memory doesn't serve me that well, but I seem to remember in t- 2016, you and Napes, you retired at the same time. There seems to be a lot of fawning over Napes and everything you've done, but you you seem to keep your one a little bit more quiet than Napes, didn't you? <laughs> well, that's Napes for you. Isn't it? <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> you say you say about not being worried about your place, but you did have, or there was down the years, some quite serious. T- we talked about Jamie Porter, but you know, wind it back a little early. You know, Reese when he was at the club, Tamal yep. Mills. Yep. Look. I, I always, always had real, real great belief in my own ability. I really did. Yeah. Um, um, always, always knew and thought that I could do it. Um, always thought I was better than everyone else um, as a bowler. Yeah. Um, so, so I kind of it did, didn't really enter my mind, and I, I could never understand if I was left out. I, I got left out once, I think, once or twice. I got left out, and um, towards the end, I think it was once early on and then a couple of times after that um but i always used to say if they leave me out then when i do come back i'm gonna i'm gonna show them so good attitude yeah like and i always always seem to do that as well i don't know whether that was a bit of luck as well along the way but i'd always come back come back at the oval they they one game they, they i'll come on about a third third change at the oval or second change and I'd been opening the bowl and they didn't let me open I ended up getting five Fifer at the oval in one of the one of the games it might have been a 2020 or a, or a 50 over game or something I think it was but I, I'd always do that I, I just I'd, I was never beaten I was I'd never let anything beat me kind of thing I always thought we could win we could win every game even even when I went out to bat number two 10, 9, 10, 11, wherever I was batting and needing 150 with 20 overs to go. I'd always think that I could win the game um, and I generally always think we could win and I always generally thought I would, I would I'd do well and get wicket. So um, I, there was a big belief, I suppose. I guess you went through with Essex, you, you, you was the start of the change, wasn't you? The 26th, that you'd gone through sort of the dark, dark part of the early the early 2010s with the problems around Danish and a lot of inconsistency in the side. I remember the defeat at Holland and the all out for 20. Yeah. Um, but then you obviously did, did you notice the change? Obviously I know it's your final year, but obviously there'd been sort of the winter where the change, um, Barry had obviously been replaced as head coach by Chris Silverwood. And did, did you notice a sort of a change in what was going on at Essex in the, in the mentality maybe? Yeah, there, there was definitely there was there was definitely a change. Um, Ability-wise, I, I knew we had it for a long, long time. Um, Players-wise, we we definitely had it for a long, long time. Um, we got a bit stuck in the fact of how do we play? What we're going to put all of our eggs into? Are we going to try and 
do well in four day cricket or we're going to try and do well in one day cricket um, and that's t- that took a while that that took ever such a while a, a long time to to work that out but and, and they've only just, they've just started to do that haven't they where they like obviously last year they win one day competitions and they win championships yeah. the longer format um I think good sides and good players and good teams, that's what they do really well. They start, they, any game of cricket, doesn't matter if it's a shorter version or a longer version, they do well in both. Um, and we just started to do that. We just started to do that towards, right towards the end of my career. Yeah. Um, which, which was a shame it didn't happen earlier because I knew it. We, 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 lots of us knew it could. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose there's a lot of, there's a lot of discipline things uh, along the way, I think, like as in we, we didn't do the right things all the time. We, we, was, we were still a little bit naive about how we went about cricket matches and things like that. And, and, and leaders and, and things like that, obviously, when Mark Patini uh, started off, he was very raw, but he, he knew what he wanted and, and we, we'd done very well early on. Um, and then, obviously, when Tendo come in, he he was he I think he was a massive difference, mm-hmm. and obviously Chris Silverwood um, was, was a strong man. I, look, I think Paul Grayson put lots of lots of good things in the right places. Um, we just didn't finalise how how we should have when he was there. I, I think was the thing, and and I think maybe he was too friendly with lots of people at the time. Mm. And it was very, very matey, and there wasn't probably head coach, which was a bit stronger and a bit stricter with and doing it the right way sometimes. Like Silverwood, who was very methodical in what he'd done. Yeah, it's Um, no surprise to see him doing well with England now, is it? No, exactly right. He was he was always heading in that direction because because that's how he was. He was he was a winner. He was a he was a he was always going to be a winner. (laughs) <laughs> in everything he done, he was so determined and so he put everything into it. He, he, I'm, I'm not surprised at all he's done done so well with England as well. We do have a, a couple of people that have, have got some questions that, that we've been asked to put to you. Yep. Uh, so one of them was, what did Andrew Strauss say when you told him you could do a job for England? I told him at a dinner table, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was with, with um, David Nash, the wicketkeeper. Yeah. A lad called John Maunders. He played for Middlesex and Leicester. Did he, he like played a few games for Essex as well? Yeah, for a year or so. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we was at, we, we sat down. We was at. It was actually was it? It was at Brentwood, I think. Uh, there's a opposite the Holiday Inn. There's a little pub over the other side of the road. Oh, the Nags Head. Yeah. Is it Nags Head? Yeah. yeah. We was in there actually, <laughs> and uh, we sat down and. Uh, and we were just just talking and that, and I said, "We're like," asked him when uh, when he was going to pick me. Obviously, and he looked at me quite strangely, <laughs> and I said, "Well," I said, "I'll get all the wickets at the moment in county cricket." I said, uh, "So what? What else am I meant to do then?" And uh, he said, "Well, I don't think you bowl fast enough." And I said, "Oh well, well, seems to do all right when I play against you and all these other." <laughs> I, I seem to get used all out for fun, and uh, <laughs> and we we had a bit of a laugh over it. And uh, Nash, Nash, uh, David Nash, he rings me up here or texts me every now and then, and says, uh, "Strass has said uh, 
that um, he should have picked you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 serious, have a bit of a laugh over it. So. A serious but. point, though, in that, in that um, Jamie Porter and even Sam Cook, they are your kind of, I'll put it in inverted commas, pace, the sort of 78 yep. to 82, hitting the top of off stump, moving the ball away, getting the nicks. Yet, yep. again, I mean, Port, he got called up a couple of years ago, spent the summer carrying drinks, yeah. taken... A load, a load of wickets, and never say, seems to get overlooked for somebody who can bowl at ninety miles an hour because that's got to be the only way. Uh, yeah, it's strange, but I, I do get, I do understand it. I do, I do understand that if we can teach someone who bowls at ninety mile an hour to do what we do at eight, uh, seventy-eight to eighty-two mile an hour, then then that would be amazing. But that doesn't happen very often. No. Um, and I think it. Uh, me personally, I, I think you need a bit of everything in every side you have. Yeah. You need pace. You need swing. You need seam. You need spin. You need different types and varies of bowlers, but you need the best of each one of them. And I, unfortunately, for like um, the ports at the moment, and myself when I was playing, you had Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it was always it was always going to be hard with someone like that. And of the people that bowl around that kind of pace, he's probably the best of it. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, as much as as uh, people have said, oh, you've been very unlucky, and you've been this, and you've been that. Well, I wasn't as good as him. So yeah. um, that's that's just how it is. And and I, I've done as best as I could with my ability. So yeah, I'm well, happy with that. Don't do yourself down. It wasn't too bad. I've got three questions from Debbie Knight. I'm sure he knows Debbie very well. Yeah, no, Debbie. <laughs> um, um, because we know her well and she's a big fan of the show, we've, we've let her have three questions. So, question one. Uh, who was your most influential coach? Oh, that's a hard one. I've had, lots, of, I've had lots, of, lots and lots of very good coaches. You can, you, can, you can mention two or three if you want. You don't have to necessarily yeah. count to one. I think your first ones are always, I'd say, the most influential and the and most important. Yeah. As in, I had Alan Elam at Kent. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think he believed in me, which was, which was a massive thing. Yeah. And put me on the actually on the on the map, I suppose. So he actually gave me that opportunity, gave me that chance, and and pushed me and directed me in the right direction. So he would obviously be one of my my biggest. Um, I learned ever such a lot from Paul Grayson. Yeah. He gave me that opportunity to play at Essex. Um, and and John Wright, um, the Kent coach. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he got, he got apart from obviously um, when I was at Essex, as an early stages and things like that, my first year as a uh, first class cricket was um, with John Wright, and uh, he got the best out of my bowling. I'd say maybe not out of my batting, but got the best out of my bowling. He was quite aggressive and quite full on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, that leads us that leads us nicely into mm. the second of Debbie's questions. Uh, which player did you want to be as an academy player? Who was As the a one? young lad. Yeah, who was the one we you We never wanted? had an academy when I was playing, when I started. Oh, okay. We, so, who did I want to be? My most inspiring, I suppose, was 
was Ian Botham. Right, yeah. I always, always wanted to be an all-rounder. Um, didn't quite make that, but I always wanted to be an all-rounder, and Ian Botham, I'd say, was my idol. Um, I think obviously, if... I, obviously, I looked up to my dad quite a lot as well. Yeah. So, but um, it, I'd say Ian Botham would be my... I think if you were of a certain age... Uh, maybe the younger listeners won't get this and they talk about, you know, Ben Stokes and Flintoff and the rest of it, but mm. it's very, very hard to underestimate how big a figure Ian Botham was in uh, sort of the early 80s and just the the, the impact that he had on, on English cricket and sport in general. I mean, oh, he was m- massive, massive. He was he was as big as Flintoff and, and Stokes. He was as big as them. Yeah. He was... But it was phenomenal, not just with the bat. Oh, some of the bowling was... Uh, that that Edgbaston, well. 81. Five for one, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's All so right. underestimated as a bowler. Like, uh, like nowadays, like you, would, you, everyone looks at him and goes, oh, what a bat, Sm- smashed the ball out of the park. What a player. But he was actually a serious bowler. And him. again, not the fastest. I mean, he, he sort of came in with his little sort of steady little run-up. Yep. And um, got the ball to move, didn't he? Which, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, seriously good cricket. Like, obviously, well, yeah, go down as one of the greats forever, won't he? Yeah, I mean, right, he Debbie's third thinking. question. Yep. Who was always the last one out of the dressing room? I reckon I can guess. <laughs> I can guess. Well, let's hear. <laughs> um, me, Ravi, um, Ravi. Ra- Ra- Ravi was in there quite a lot. People didn't realise how, how long Ravi stayed behind for after. <laughs> He, he had to do I'm, his I'm, hair though, didn't he? He had to be especially treat that hair that he, he paid a yeah. few quid for. I, I mean, I mean, every now and then he'd shoot off quickly, but he was, he was, he was, he was a bit. He was, he was a badger, Rav. Rav's a badger mm. over cricket. He'd sit there, we'd talk for ages afterwards about cricket. There was a few. To be fair, our dressing room was great and uh, Essex, and we would stay there for a while talking afterwards. Anyway, we spoke a lot about cricket. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it was, it was hard. most people. I've heard that a lot about Ravi that you know his cricket knowledge. You get him on the subject. Um, he was always a good weather predictor as well. Yeah. Um, but he couldn't play cards on the bus. No, no. <laughs> he, got, he got his bum smacked quite a bit. Yeah. Was it you had to sit? Was there a punishment if you lost cards? You'd have to go and sit um, in the loo on the on the coach or something like that. Lots of different ones. We had we had a flip flop which you got smacked around the bum quite a bit <laughs> if you lost at cards. Um, a flick to the forehead, yeah. that was always another good one. So, yeah, there, there was lots of punishment. There was lots of punishment. They got a bit out of hand in the end, so we had to <laughs> ease up a little bit. But, um, yeah, that, that we, we all had our turns. But um, it, it, there was no better than when Ravi got it, to be honest. It always uh, made our day. Who was your um, toughest opponent? Who did you hate oh, bowling to? Who was the toughest? I'd say the best was Marcus Stroscopic. Right, yeah. Um, he made you feel like you was bowling... Um, well, made me feel like I was bowling spin. But that that's not really a good comparison, I suppose, because I did bowl very quick anyway. But he, yeah. made, you, he made you feel like you was very slow but even though I'd done quite well against him um, yeah I'd done okay against him I think he was one of those um, that just seemed to have a lot of time didn't he when he was playing he yeah he had a lot of time 
Um, and obviously, obviously, Chris Gale could dominate. <laughs> I was only, I, I think, I think I only really got dominated once or twice, and I think one of them was was Chris Gale, mm. where I didn't know what to bowl. Mm. I think he, he's the only one who's actually made me think, what do I bowl now? I don't know how to bowl <laughs> this bloke. Just because he'd miss it, he, he would mishit you for six or four. Yeah. Um, and there was no real area where he kind of, he thought, oh, if I bowl there to him, I might get him out or anything like that. But because he, he just, yeah, he, he just had so much power. Was that the Somerset game in the T20? Yeah, that's it, that's it. I think that's the only time I've ever been for more than 15 in an over, I think. He was on time. fire that night, though, wasn't he? I mean, it was unbelievable. Oh. He didn't get, drop at, get dropped at third man off of a, a ball he was trying to hit through mid wicket, I think. When was that? Uh, in that game? Yeah. Was that the one at Chelmsford? At Chelmsford. Is that the one I dropped? Was it you that was. It, I can't remember <laughs> if it was you who was bowling. I remember he was, he, was having a, he was playing a ball and he went down to third. Was it you that put him down? He, yeah. he had a great game at Essex that night, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I put him down on 16 off Reese Topley. Ah. <laughs> I was still looking over mid-wicket as it flew down to me. And it was only the supporters that said catch it. <laughs> I remember dropping it. I remember dropping it and it like kind of trickled over for four as well. And Topper's had his arms on his hips. And, uh, <laughs> and I put my hand up, apologised. And uh, one of the supporters behind me said, that's it. He dropped the game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he batted in. Um, do you remember Ravi's benefit game, where we had all those all stars come down and play? And um, I think the idea was for for them to bat first and for for Chris to sort of bat in the same sort of style as he did that day um, in the T20. Yeah. And he came out wearing sunglasses, and the crowd were going mad. And I think he did hit a couple of massive, great big sixes. Nick Brown. Nick him. Brown. <laughs> And he was right in front of me. And I think the, the instructions were not to not to not to catch not it. To yeah. catch it. <laughs> and he caught it, and he looked around. I was right there, and he's looked at me. and He's gone. Well, I can't say what he said. <laughs> 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 just thought I was. I just... played in. I played another game like that at Kent against um, Lashings, first ever Lashings game. Oh yeah. And um, Viv Richards come walking out with his floppy cap on. Oh. And um, I remember. Uh, I remember coming onto bowl after he, he was in for about. I don't know, four or five balls. And I bowled a ball and he smacked it <laughs> from outside off over mid-wicket for, for one bounce four. And then next ball, I bowled one back of a length, which I shouldn't have really done because it's not, not the right thing to do to a, <laughs> an old, old, eldish man who was just turning up just to entertain the crowd. He got an ovation on, an ovation off. And he, he kind of top-edged it, went straight up in the air. And Andrew Simons was under it and... Uh, did he drop his beer? And I was going, catch it. And, was all, and all the other players were going, drop it, drop it. Back. <laughs> I'm going, no, catch it. <laughs> and I remember he dropped it. Um. And I was, and I, and I, <laughs> I turned around and, and I like, all the boys was like laughing and thought it was widely amusing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that was my, one of my big scalps, which I never got. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, before you go, we yep. were just talking to Samit Patel earlier on. Yeah. Uh, and we were asking him about Nottingham Forest, his team. Who's my team? And we know yeah, you're we know a big Man team, United yeah. fan. We know uh, that. Yeah. So, 
What do you do? You think United have turned the corner? Do you think Bruno Fernandes is going to be the saviour? Is, is are the glory days coming back? What do you think? I think they are. I, I think they will do. Um, um, I think Pogba could be a difference if he stays and wants to stay. Yeah. Um, I'd like to sign Sancho. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be nice as well. Um, You're not I'd having like Harry Kane, I'm telling you that now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love Harry Kane. I think Harry Kane's a great player. And uh, obviously, obviously, <laughs> short term, I, I don't think he... I don't think he... I think it'd be a little bit like Wayne Rooney, to be mm. honest. I, I think he, I think as soon as he gets to that near that thirty age, yeah. um, I, th- I think he will hit him quickly because I think he'll, he's not the quickest as it is, and I think losing that little half a yard might be the difference. He's played a lot of football as well, so so I know because Ro- Rooney finished quite early, really didn't he? <laughs> mm. he? He wasn't at his peak. So I, I like Harry Kane at the moment, but I think that'd be a short fix short-term fix but um, the boy Harland looks a, he looks a, a good bit doesn't he wan yeah. nicked off us he, he's a very good player very good defender yeah he is Nick they paid 55 million for him I won't say bargain bargain, bargain. <laughs> what can we say it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you mate thank you very Brilliant. much for taking time out to chat to us and uh, hopefully once we all get out we'll catch up at the county ground and have a beer or two hopefully we can get out this year it'll be good yeah indeed Take care, mate, and love to the family. And to yours. Cheers, thank you. (laughs) Keep well. Go well. Cheers, Brett. Thank you. Bye.